previously on my best friend's journal. Do you consider yourself a summer baby? Because September 12th is not really a summer baby. I don't consider myself a, a, a baby that has a, a season identity. Neither do I consider myself a <laughs> baby. So I'm just You're a, grown man. a little confused by the question. Ran into B on the way to Blossom. Did well and didn't freak out. B, baby carrot, first love, someone you hate, tell me everything. The next morning I wake up and I have like all these missed calls on my cell phone from my grandma. She had read somewhere that LGBT kids were more likely to commit suicide. Bought flights to Disney with Southwest points. When are you going to Disney? I'm not, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Weebo's telling you if you had Nick Jonas's arms, you'd be batting cock away left and right? She was very close to that exact language. <laughs> the intention was very sweet, and you can tell she's in her moods are very specific. I can always read her. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real Nothing here is sacred I'm haunted by my past It's called my best friend's journal Let's start this damn podcast Let's sing this theme a little longer first It's someone's favorite podcast Yes, and The world's greatest podcast Farts are really gnarly, dude. Ugh, mine have been really bad, too. Oh, speaking of, my brother-in-law, do you remember when he called us to tell us uh, when we were together in Williamsburg that he shit his pants? No. Oh, do you want to just start the podcast? Okay, hi. Welcome to my best friend's journal. <laughs> <laughs> That's not exactly what I meant, but uh, uh, hi, I'm Cam. <laughs> <laughs> what about your brother shitting his pants? Because I'm here for that. You need to introduce yourself. Oh, I'm Mike. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Introduce yourself>. <laughs> <laughs> my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and the two girls were visiting uh here in denver more on that in a moment over the weekend and it reminded me we never talked about it on this podcast but when you and i were in williamsburg for that wedding a few weeks ago months ago however long ago that was Eons. um we got Damn, a it's 2042 <laughs> oh that explains these gray pubes um so yeah. So you and I were getting ready for the wedding and I got a FaceTime from my brother-in-law. I was like, what is going on? And I uh, I answered it because he doesn't usually just FaceTime me out of the blue. He was like, um, I just had to call to tell you something. It sounded really serious. I got worried for a second. He was like, um, I was out um, mowing the lawn today. I was on the riding mower and um, I uh, I gambled and I, I lost. Yikes. I was like, oh, are you telling me you, you shat your pants while jostling around the yard on a riding mower? He's like, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Oh my God, was he jostling shit? He was Jocelyn shit. Oh my God. I'm going to call him that forever and ever. Amen. Um, yeah, he was Jocelyn shit right in, you know, through his pants. Also, he was um, on a job. He has like a um, handyman business and he was at someone else's house. So he had to run back to his truck and uh, take his underwear off and finish the job uh, just in his shorts. I mean, it's, you know, 
you know what <laughs> I, just, I was gonna go into like the logistics of being sweaty and gross during that too but the whole thing is nasty and no one needs to hear me describe exactly why we all get it mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i love 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 that we've created a space here where people want to um call in and tell us about their <laughs> pants shitting experiences what a legacy we're leaving behind um so and don't forget anyway. that number is 1-800-MBFJ <laughs> it's not enough numbers <laughs> <laughs> oh shit other than you know shooting the shit but i'm ching how, <laughs> how was your weekend with the uh, in-laws it was great we had so much fun um it was nice to have family in town um we went out and enjoyed the weather while it lasts i mean it was we went on a hike and it was actually pretty fucking cold but um we saw a really nice time we explored denver a bit um the our nieces are like obsessed with our two little dogs and so they like ran around like a Tasmanian devil cloud like the whole weekend and just wore the dogs out. They were like Fergus and Margo were depressed after they left. It was very sweet. Um, And it was great to see them uh, because ever since we lived out West, we kind of got off the hook going home, you know, twice within a month's time. So we're going to be traveling this Thanksgiving. Uh, So it was nice to see some of the fam before the holidays hit. Well, that ship is fucking sailed because November 1st hit and baby, was it Christmas? You know what? I, uh, (laughs) I'm a little indignant about this, and it's going to be my gayest moment. It's actually my most homophobic moment, but it just feels, I don't know, like since Christmas is so innately gay and this is going to come off a little anti-Christmas, it's its homophobic. Anyway, here's the theme. Gay, 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 gay. I know gays are notoriously obsessed with Christmas, myself being one of them, but I have never realized how quickly christmas can spring we've talked about this before this is not a hot take this is a very old drum to beat but christmas goes earlier and earlier it's also like such an old person drum to beat you're like you're like an aged homosexual an aged homophobe okay you know what color in your gray pubes with a sharpie and then come back to me and talk about age um obviously i love christmas and i like get excited to see the decorations and all that and i know this is such an old topic of conversation like oh it's earlier and earlier each year but i've never noticed it because i have never really spent a lot of time in a corporate area around this time of year nor do i usually watch cable tv by corporate area do you mean like a like a business district yes like the commercial part of town i don't usually spend time Uh there and that's where Mm -hmm. they want to you know get a bang for their buck and get the holiday decorations up asap so i'm seeing it there plus i never really watch cable tv i've been watching it a lot because of jeopardy i'm signed into amy's dad's account thank you so much but that has allowed me to notice (laughs) that every single commercial every single commercial the day after halloween mere hours after halloween switched over to christmas i like it, it just seemed a little dramatic it was a it was like the curtain lifted and it was christmas it's too much for me because then you can't by the time you get there you're over it like if if the calendar is a small pizza We are using exactly one slice of the pizza on Christmas. That's a lot of pizza, man. First of all, really glad to know that you measure years in pizzas. Second of all, um, I I do think... A sixth of the year is Christmas. Okay, yes, thank you, fractions, pie pieces. Which is equal to two twelfths. Got another one for me? (laughs) Four twenty-fourths. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I feel as though i kind of disagree uh, specifically this year normally i'd be with you i'm like ah, i don't need it quite yet um i do think that one month of christmas is never quite enough like i'm always like oh i'm so sad to be taking down these dire- decorations already if like i decorate right after uh thanksgiving like you know used to be the the norm but um 
you're right. Corporations <laughs> want to jump on it. They want to like get people like buying for Christmas, thinking Christmas like right away. But last year Christmas was so weird. It was like a question whether or not we were going to get together with family. It was like right before the the winter spike of COVID. Mm. It was all very like wishy washy, a little bit tough. Um, it w- didn't feel like a normal Christmas to me. So this year I'm like ready for it. In fact, Pentatonix has a new album out, and you know how we love Pentatonix Christmas. Uh, we listened to that album in this house with guests on Halloween Day. So of this I, I know because you sent me a text about it, and I was like, no, I don't think I uh-huh. ever responded. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> It's pretty good. There's some good ones on there. I don't um, doubt it. It's just early, but I I take your point. I think that's fair. We want to get get some Christmas back. We do, and I'm like doing a ramp up this year. So like, I'm gonna listen to. I'm not going all in. You know, I'm like month of December. I'm listening to pretty much all Christmas music. We're watching Christmas movies. We're in the spirit. I'm gonna like start dabbling. I'm like not gonna be mad if there's a Christmas tree. I'm ready to see some sparkly lights. I might occasionally put on you know a Christmas song here or there, and then kind of like ease my way into it. You know what? Not not too hard too fast we don't want to bruise it like a little peach although there's a few peaches i wouldn't mind bruising um (laughs) (laughs) while i am protesting the earliness of of the holiday celebrations i did sort of begin myself uh on the 30th the day before halloween even no it wasn't like it wasn't a holiday thing but it just felt like it because i crashed gabriella and my friend natasha who played the violin for my christmas video last year they're sisters. Oh, they yeah. had a family event that um, they invited me to, but it, I do feel like I crashed it because of it was very strictly family and me. Um, <laughs> they're really close with two other families. They've all grown up together, and one kid from each of the families just bought a home. So we bounced around each of the homes doing like different themed drinks and foods and all that oh, kind of stuff. It just a, kind of like a progressive dinner without the structure. Yeah, there was like a a brunchy one a lunchy one a dinnery one but just not very formal. oh it's like all day all day oh shit that's I, so fun like you had distinct meals at each place yes and natasha actually the first house was hers she just bought a home and so she's like come on over and then we're doing stuff for the rest of the day you don't have to go to that i don't even know you know if you'll want to and i was like i am absolutely on board for the whole day good luck fucking shaking me <laughs> um and it was just so fun and it felt like the holidays and it like i haven't had one of those big holiday events in so long i miss that i don't have you know big family ties like that and it was so fun to feel included they are the absolute best they welcomed me like i was their strange drunk cousin in the basement (laughs) (laughs) everyone likes a strange drunk cousin that is a very sweet feeling i'm glad you got to do that and what a fun day like did you not have any plans you just like said great i'll do this all day long with you guys she told me about it a couple weeks before and i was like done i blocked it off and it was so fucking fun Oh, good. Oh, I love that. That is such a... That, you're right. That is a very oh. holiday-y thing. And it makes me very excited for Christmas parties. And uh, I, I got to hang out with a couple of gays there. There were three gays at this event, which was so fun, including me. Oh, two of them. congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. Two of them were were our final house. And were they a couple? They were a couple, yes. Oh, cool. So you tried to homewreck? They've since broken up. <laughs> no, they are a couple. <laughs> yeah, and you tried to fuck at least one of them, right? Yeah, but that's true at any family function. Um <laughs> That ain't, that ain't right. Swiftly moving along. Cam, did you have a gayest moment? Um, I did have a gayest moment, and it feels weirdly straight for a gay moment, but also incredibly gay. I'll just explain it to you. So um, my sister-in-law, Kate, who has been on this very podcast, she really wanted to watch the new um, show on Netflix, Sex, Love, and Goop. She thought it would be fun to like just watch it together. Might might have been something that either educational or something to make fun of. She just kept seeing stuff about it. She was like, can we watch an episode of this when we're all together? I've also been intrigued by it. Yeah, Netflix does a good job. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like Gwyneth Paltrow can be like a mixed bag for me, but I was I'm I'm a little bit intrigued by her, less so by her company Goop. But anyway, um, one night we put the girls to bed, um, and the four of us sat in the living room and watched the first episode, and we were like very intrigued by it slash impressed by it the further it went on i mean one episode led to two and then the next night we watched two more episodes so we watched the first four episodes and i gotta say like there were moments where we were all feeling emotional where we were feeling really connected to like the people on here it's like all straight couples a lesbian couple and then a queer couple there's no no gay men on it um which is normally you know kind of like you i'd be like nah i need (laughs) i need something gay about this but it's like all women therapists um that what they do is they have five different couples and they all have something they want to work on sexually so like some of them it's like physical intimacy some of them it's like emotional intimacy like relationship stuff the spark has gone out that kind of thing and so they match them with a practitioner in their field who is like an expert at these different things mm. um and you see them go through their different therapies and i am most impressed by the 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 like somatic sexual therapists on this show like they are very very good at what they do incredible communicators some of the the couples that are on there are very brave for going on and like like doing this on camera they they have like sexologists like working with them like and their genitals you don't see it but like working with them like while a camera watches to like figure out how to explore like penetrative pleasure and things like it's very um it's advanced you know what i mean but all that to say we all really enjoyed it we kept pausing it to like discuss we're like wow i really am impressed by this i never thought about this there's like not but a that whole sounds thing like that- and we really enjoyed it that's very intriguing yeah, you know, you're right. I just didn't know exactly how I was going to feel about watching this with um, a group of family. But it was it was really good. I came away with it with a couple takeaways. First of all, tried to watch episode five. Absolutely hated it. Not because the couple, because they were very intriguing, but they were doing some like very woo-woo kind of family mm. therapy that I was not into. I was like, no, no, thank you. I'm not watching this. But the first four episodes where it's less relationship and more sex, um, that I was finding very, very fascinating. And I think every one of my female friends should watch the show. There's yeah. so much focus on it. the female anatomy, on on like sexual pleasure for women that is so much overlooked. Um, there's so much that is said in this kind of like brave platform of these people speaking really openly and honestly with like a celebrity there, you know, mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow, who has so much clout in this in this kind of wellness Sorry, space. Clit. I oh yes, so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much clit talk, Mike. There's a vag puppet at one point where they are literally they, like, a vag puppet. There's. <laughs> God, you are on. I'm missing all these and you get in every single one. Uh, you know, I'm happy just to set them up for you, baby. Um, anyway, yeah, it was it was really good. I recommend episodes one through four for anyone to watch. Episode five, I not my favorite. And episode six, I haven't watched. So that's also my content wreck and my gayest moment. There you go. Wow. I got to say, I liked Gwyneth Paltrow a lot more than I thought I was going to. She is... Kind of, you know, behind the the Goop brand, a lot of the time she comes off as a little too woo-woo, a little like we're going to make money on things that aren't necessarily science. But I do think that she comes across as like very human, very honest. Um, She has a lot of really interesting things to say, interesting responses to these sexologists. I think that she is uh, more likable and more approachable than I expected her to be. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I can definitely see how that might not be the case. Gotta tell you, she's looking a lot more like Blythe Danner these days, which is fabulous because Blythe Danner is just like, like, I mean, a legend and she aged so beautifully. Yeah. Will's mom and Will and Grace. Well, I'm really excited to watch that. Um, 
in the meantime, I have a little content rec of my own. Tiny though, like a little little recommendation lit. Is that a word? Recommendation lit? Recommendation clit. Ah, hey! Uh, (laughs) (laughs) A specific episode of Life Kit by NPR. It comes on sometimes when I'm listening to the app. I don't often seek it out. But one of their podcast episodes came out and I was intrigued because it was about time. And I recently mentioned watching on Netflix Explained about time. And I'm very fascinated by the micro and macro of time right now. It's just kind of uh, consuming my thoughts. I'm very intrigued to hear different perceptions on how best to maximize joy. And this Life Kit episode was interesting. It's only 17 minutes long. And I mean, what is life if not an attempt to maximize joy and and maximize time well spent so this episode kind of talks about what that means to different people and how sometimes it can be counterintuitive to what we think i often think the more productive i am the better i'm gonna feel but like that it's not always a equal trade anyway i'm not really um doing it justice but it's a 17 minute listen on life kit i would suggest it for anyone 17 oh that's great um i really love it you said maximizing joy and maximizing time i love like looking at like the you know maximizing our, our short time on this this blue and green marble as a uh a way of trying to like maximize our joy as well i don't know if that's exactly what it is but that kind of uh that that piqued my interest when you said that i want to hear it i think what's interesting is that it, it will be something different to everyone you, you just start to think of time and mm-hmm. in, in from your point of view and think about what that means one thing that blew my fucking mind was the specialist that came on the show said the average life expectancy is about 4,000 weeks. And that sounds insane. It's not wrong. That's about 76 years. 4,000 weeks, though, when you put it in those terms, it feels like every day is very expensive. Yeah, it feels very short. 4,000 weeks doesn't feel like enough weeks. Yeah, put it if, it, if it's $4,000, I'd be like, fuck, I'm going to run out of money soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Thinking about it that way is certainly worth doing. Are you are you spending those precious 4,000 in ways you'll you'll be happy about? Oh, existential <laughs> dread. <laughs> Truly, I'm trying to take my existential dread and just make it existential awareness. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. Welcome to the TED Radio Hour with Mike Wessels. <laughs> Who, how many people will be fired if I made it to a TED Talk? <laughs> <laughs> how many people would be fired? <laughs> oh my god the limit does not exist what what would the title of your ted talk be i don't know man that's a great question you tell me my butthole in the mirror how the i don't know (laughs) my butthole in the mirror embracing vulnerability in the ways Brene won't tell you oh oh beautiful beautiful yes okay book it (laughs) (laughs) i'm also gonna get sued by Brene. all right let's get into the journal (laughs) snakes and mice get wrapped up so nice with spider legs and pretty bows it's ours this time all together that and this with all our tricks we're making christmas fun all right, Mike, remind us where we were in the urinal. Whatever happened to Jays? Where did they go? <laughs> Whatever happened to Baby J? <laughs> Baby J, oh my God, I thought if I didn't do it, you win. Um, <laughs> uh, what happened to the urinal? Let's see. A uh, lot of improv, a lot of blossom. Also, I think I had a few rendezvous for the first time. Oh yeah, bye-bye! Some of the, some of the good old Sexola. Mm-hmm. Should have probably given him a nickname. Oh well, that's his name. And also, um, I think I met... Met up with another Fire Island couple to, you know, feel things out. Oh, yeah. Then you left. (laughs) 
if I remember correctly. Sniffed around and said, never mind. <laughs> All right, listen. It is now September 1st, 2017. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> First day of fall, sort of. Not even a little bit. It's okay. so rude. Uh-uh. How dare you? How dare you give November 1st Christmas, but September 1st can't be the first day of fall when it's only 20 days away versus the 55 <laughs> that Christmas is from November 1st. <laughs> um, okay. First of all, quick math. Nice. Second of all, um, <laughs> fall is truly, I mean, the first day of fall is the first day of fall. You can't just say that on September 1st. My birthday is in the summer. You can absolutely, your birthday, we've been over this. Yes, your birthday is technically in the summer. Summer goes until Labor Day. Um, but the real summer no, goes to no, September 20th. No. Yes, I know. The Summer does not go to Labor Day. It goes to the fucking September equinox. 20th. I know. If you would let me finish the sentence. But mm. September 1st, similar to the, the wreaths going up and the Christmas trees on November 1st, September 1st is when the pumpkin spice latte comes out, the Halloween decor comes out, the leaves start a change in. I can go back to one of our episodes when you talk about the Aspens change in and then uh, that reaffirm for you what fall really means in the hearts of us good people. That's why I want you to vote for me, Michael Wessels. <laughs> First of all, where'd you get that soapbox? Second of all, I really, I, th- to me, the seasons are scientific. There is a firm start and end to the seasons, whereas they are for there's, sure. There's Christmas Day, but Christmas season is a much larger gray area that gets grayer every year because they've put like Christmas shit up in you know mid October. I don't want you confusing me for an anti vaxxer I agree that there is a a proper scientific date for the seasons changing but yeah why do you hate science the way i was raised listen (laughs) it is just a feeling the same way christmas is a feeling yes there is the proper day but nobody is like september 20th fall you know what i mean people are like a leaf is changing it's fall the way i think about that is if it's before before september i believe it's the 21st you see a leaf changing you're like oh Fall's just around the corner. It's almost fall. And then first day of fall, September 21st, so fun. You can't have it both ways. You're like, my body, my choice for vaccines, but not for abortion. I'll uh, I'll leave it there. (laughs) No, absolutely not. How dare you? That is not even close to a a straight line of logic. It is 55 days from November 1st to Christmas. It is whatever I said earlier from September 1st to... On November 1st, I didn't say, oh, yay, it's Christmas. Okay, well, (laughs) we're going to have to leave this here and go on with the journal. (laughs) Oh, God, we have to get through more more than one day and we're already fighting. Okay, fine. Well, you, idiot, think it's the first day of fall, sort of. You love it. (laughs) I wrote sort of. So all this is for (laughs) not? Yeah. So I elaborated everything we just said in that one little word, sort Mm -hmm. of. Two words. Um, Which, you know, but... What I'm saying is not even a little, so sort of doesn't work for me there. You wouldn't um, call September first a little bit folly. No, but I would call me a little bit Alexis. <laughs> um, <laughs> I quit. I quit. We're not going to get the last few episodes in. <laughs> Do you know who Ron Carlos is? Yes. Okay, good, because he stopped in to see you at work. Who that is? Hi, Ron Carlos. He was a, a friend from high school. He was the first gay man I knew. Oh, great. Yeah, he was uh, out and proud at like 14. It was pretty fucking miraculous at that point. In high school, like, yeah. that's a that's very impressive. It is very impressive. In a really dark turn of events, um, the only, only person I knew that was out and proud at 14 at our school was... Um, he went all in on being gay. He was 100% himself. I respected him a lot, a lot, but he was 
a absolute social pariah. He was very bullied. He like <laughs> um he took his own life uh, the year after we all graduated from high school, and I'm pretty sure it's because he had such a really really hard time and was like absolutely like filled with a lot of bullied into being filled with a lot of self-hatred. So um, really sad, really, really sad case. But that's literally the only person that I wow. knew that was out that young. And um, I think he paid a really severe price for it. <sighs> Jesus. I mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to take it super there. But um, no, yeah, but it's, like, it's a really common important story. important to know. I mean, Ron, myself, other gay kids in my in my years growing up, like we did okay because we had a – we had a support system. We had, you know, an environment that let us pretty much be who we were and, and be confident about that without, like, too much fear. I mean, there was obviously bullies and assholes, but, like, not to the same not to the same degree, at least, like, in my experience. Obviously, I don't know what, what I didn't see and how it was for some kids. But, you know, having the majority of people not telling us that we should hate ourselves and they hate us and we're going straight to hell makes a really big difference in, you know, how yeah. we grow up and how we or know, just feel about ourselves. A, another big part of it too was um, you know, not not everyone where I grew up was was religious, but like the um the kind of the kind of culture that really allows bullies to get away with shit, you know, like boys will be boys, um, you know, uh, he said sh- he said he said type of thing where like no one's being held accountable for their words. I there was this one kid who I I still think of to this day as evil. He was like a football player. He was really really nasty um and and this guy um who died uh his name was dustin and we were we were friends we weren't close but we were friends we ran in like circles that like kind of like almost intersected i guess um he told me one time that this this other guy um would every time they passed in the hallways would shoulder check him and whisper faggot every time for four years of high school. And he was like a big, actually wasn't even big. He was just like a popular mean football player who went on to be very successful in the military from what I understand. So Perfect. great. Um, I remember that kind of specific bully, that kind of aggression toward me, but like in middle school, m- not really at all in high school, uh, maybe cause I was more confident in high school. I don't really know. But as you were saying mm-hmm. that, I'm also thinking, there were plenty of fucking assholes like that in in my high school too. It wasn't necessarily aimed any harder at gay kids than it was at, at anyone else for any reason. Honestly, um, there was just a bunch of kids who just completely lack compassion, and maybe they're better now. But like, I don't know. Probably not. It's a shame. I, it is a shame. I feel like I was um, I was slightly protected. I was I was made fun of in in middle school because I was like a chubby, obviously gay kid that like you know didn't really like I was awkward like most middle schoolers, and I I kind of figured out how to deal with it. But by high school, I like I wasn't a popular kid, but I was one of the kids that was friends with everyone. We've talked about this before. Like I just had like I was kind of friends with all the popular guys' girlfriends, you know, or at least friendly mm-hmm. with them. So it was I was like kind of protected that way because uh it like from from their bullying i feel like um and i'm very lucky for that like i just happened to have fallen in with friends that kind of protected me from the worst of the bullies but a lot of those other people were more vulnerable just for who they ran with or how they how they chose to be and i also was only out to certain people like i was kind of in a glass closet in high school most people knew but very few people knew explicitly you know it's interesting you, you talked about which kids were more vulnerable and uh you, you'd think that a kid who's out and, you know, confident about who they are might be less vulnerable because they, you know, accept it. Mm. They, um, they aren't as afraid to be called gay as 
someone who's praying to God they're not gay, you know, someone who like hasn't uh-huh. who hasn't figured it out yet and is just hoping it's not the case for them, even though they secretly know it's the case. Obviously, it's different when you're being called faggot in a hostile way in a hostile environment, you know, and you yeah. feel threatened. Yeah, I, I do know that he struggled a lot with being bullied. And like he we, we, we talked about it very plainly a few times. Um, I he knew I was gay, but he was out in the hallways at school and like a very like what I would have called like flamboyant way. And I was not, you know, um, one one fond memory of this guy, I will say we uh we bonded over the Moulin Rouge soundtrack as young gays. And, uh, I had the CD, but there was a deluxe double CD that had all like the, the like, um, B tracks on it, like spectacular, spectacular. And all the, like the, the parts of the movie that were sung, but not like, not like huge hits, like come what may. Anyway, he had the deluxe CD and he let me borrow it one time so I could burn a copy, which was very sweet. (laughs) It's a nice memory, honestly. Uh, it is. All right. Sorry. Back to your journal, please. Um, September 2nd, you did a beer tour in Brooklyn, six point closed. Oh, Kick and I did a beer tour. We, we wanted to do a little self-made, uh, bike and beer. So we rented some city bikes and, and rode around Brooklyn just trying out all the breweries. Yeah. Oh, well you, oh, I know what day this is. Um, so you listed a bunch of breweries that you went to. Then you said you stopped at Prospect Park to see Weibo. She was so lonely and upset and it broke my heart. Oh my god. Isn't that the day that Kick met Weebo? That's the day Kick met Weebo. And so Kick and I are riding around Brooklyn and we all of a sudden were around the corner from the apartment where my mom grew up, Weebo's apartment. Uh that is uh-huh. now my uncle's apartment. It's been in the family this whole time. And Weebo was there and I was like, Oh my god, let's go stop and say hello. It'll make her day and I didn't even realize we'd be that close. It kind of I separate where my mom grew up from the rest of New York City. That's such a different those are different sure. worlds to me. Um, even though uh-huh. I, you know, bounce around there all the time. Anyway, we did and kick met Weibo and I don't know what happened or how it got here or where, like what was going on in Weibo's head, but we were just chatting and it was fun for, for a bit. And then she started asking about maybe dating people or, um, relationships. And she started telling me, uh, not to, not to be alone. Don't, you know, don't don't miss out uh she actually was like it's too late for tara not for you <laughs> tara's engaged <laughs> now so i can say that um <laughs> oh shit oh, I know. only grandmas of, can be that savage i know um she was like you know don't don't grow old and be alone and we both started bawling um at like i had never seen just like red-faced and tears and it was I'm like breaking Jesus. my heart to think about it. I've never we. How many times have I said Weibo is a fucking tough battle axe brick uh-huh. of a woman, uh-huh. and to see that person, like, you know, succumb to those yeah. feelings, which like of course she does. She's a fucking human. You caught her in the but, middle of something though. Like for sure she was going through something that day, and you just happened to stop by. Maybe, it. but it didn't. When we welcomed her, it was oh no. Part of it was she was so touched that we had surprised her and stopped by. And she was like, people don't do that. People don't nobody. Mm. People don't call me. People don't stop by. And that started throwing her oh, down dear. this path as well. Yeah. And you opened a vein. It just broke my heart. You know what? I make it a point to call my grandma very often. I try to make sure I've at least called once a week. 
it is nothing. It takes nothing to call your grandparents. Now, at this point, Weibo and I have like a full rapport. We'll have a great conversation. But most grandparents uh-huh. don't really want to chat with you either. They just want to be thought of. They just want to hear from you. They just want to hello. That's true. The, the conversation can be one minute long. And it's not the scary investment you think it will be. Even if you don't really get along with your grandparents. Just a hello, thinking of you. Fine. I'll call my grandmas. <laughs> call, I, I text my brother and sister probably four times a year. Like, have you called Weibo lately? It, it, uh-huh. like, it takes nothing for us. But just being th- – imagine yourself in that position. God, I hope I'm yeah. thought of, you know? Absolutely. That is – you know what? You've got a big heart, and that is very empathetic of you and good of you to do. I'm sorry that it was um, tough, though, to stop by with your friend on a fun day, and then that happens. Yay. Oh, my God. I was like, kick. I am so sorry. Kick was a sport. <laughs> kick was just taking it like the great uh-huh. man he is, but oh, yeah. my God. Uh, well, um, after that, after you said it broke your heart, you continued to city bike to Greenpoint, um, to a brewery with games. We, we tried to uplift after that. <laughs> yeah. No shit. We went bowling the other night. Yes. Do tell. I just always think of you when I go bowling cause it's, I associate it with you now and there's a really nice bowling alley, not too far from our house that I didn't know existed. And they do hundred ounce beer towers that they'll put on your table with a little oh. keg pour thing. So next oh, time you're in that. Denver, you know, someday we'll have to go bowl and get drunk. Honestly, I'll get fired from this next job pretty quick, and I'll become I'll come a-crawling. <laughs> um, all right. Well, September 3rd, you said oh, said no to going into Blossom, so apparently they tried to call you in. Um, you hung with Kick all day, I think. You binged Ozark, made another pizza. You, um, How much of that pizza was the Christmas season? <laughs> Depends. Was it small or large? <laughs> Six or eight pieces? Eight. Try that math. It's much harder. Oh, God. Uh, One-sixth of eight? I don't know. <laughs> to do that i don't know how to do that um you also called your mom this day and told her how you felt bad about weebo crying um then you smoked some weed and michaela came home late my mom was also like she's fine (laughs) (laughs) my mom has a very different relationship with her obviously and she feels bad for her too but like it's um such a different such a different relationship between a parent and child and a grandparent and child that said i do have to remind myself every single time I speak to my mom. I'm like, be nice. This woman does will throw herself in front of a bus for you. And I am shorter with my mom than I am to anyone in the entire universe. I'm like, why do uh-huh. I? That's a very common thing. A lot of people speak to their mother this way. It is. And yeah. I'm like, what? The, our, I guess because they can take it and they're going to love us anyway. Actually, Hannah has a perfect mechanism. Her phone says, because she's notorious about fights with her mom. Her mom and her phone is listed as mom be nice. <laughs> So when mom calls, she's nice. That's sweet. I, I've always seen that, like, like my friends and like even Peter, like you know, with with your moms that you're able to like have that like very casual relationship. I have never once experienced being able to be short with my parents. Like even as a teenager, because I grew up in a household that was so strict about everything like if I was short with my mother like as a teenager I would get I I would get like absolutely in in trouble they'd take something away or I'd get grounded or whatever like there was no was there ever corporal punishment uh, yeah not as a teenager I never got like like hit as a teenager but I'd get spanked as a kid like anytime like I talked back or like lied or anything like that my mom once tried to she grab me by the arm with all the aggression in her face and then it's hard to explain on audio it's better if i can show you but she she pulls she winds up her arm and she throws it down and then gently tapped my arm and i was like you don't have it in you lady 
Um, my mom, uh, I will, I was scarred by this. I will never forget it. Um, when I was, I, I was, we lived in our first house. So it was kindergarten or younger. I lied to my mom and told her I'd cleaned up upstairs where all the toys were. When I had a friend over to spend the night, we had taken every game out and every piece of every game and spread them all over the floor. And I went to my grandma's house. My mom had just called us down. She's like, do you clean up upstairs? I was like, yep. She's like, great. You're going to your grandparents' house. Uh, no sooner had my mom gotten home and gone upstairs and seen that we had made the biggest mess she'd ever seen she turned around grabbed me from my grandparents house i was like uh, she showed back up grabbed me by the arm marched me out of that house without another word came home and she made me stand in the kitchen while she went out to the yard and cut a switch and oh. i got switched and that switch lived forever in our deep freezer downstairs uh to oh. be pulled out whenever she needed it in the freezer uh-huh yeah it makes it so worse it it's, got it's worse because for- it's, it's frozen it's also worse because you live with the fear of like a beating and implement in your fucking basement oh so my God. yeah not awesome so anyway all this to say i never had a relationship with my mom where i could be i could like as an adult now i can disagree with her we can have conversations but i can never ever bring myself to like be flip with her or be like too brusque or like to disrespect her anyway, like fight with her or disparage her mm-hmm. or anything like that. It has to be like, it's, it's almost like, uh, corporate, like over, over sharing. Like, I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling about this type of thing. I could never like speak to her emotionally. It would just not go over well. Wow. Oh, interesting. Uh, it, and, uh, yeah. look how we all turned out. Mm-hmm. We, we turned out. <laughs> we turned out. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. We're here. All right, September 4th, um, a lot of stuff that doesn't matter. You went on a walk with no phones with Michaela. Oh, that's nice. Like a little digital detox walk. Yeah, we really tested ourselves and we were like, whoo, did it. It was like a half an hour and then we ran back to our phones. <laughs> oh my God, you were Alana and Abby in the totally. <laughs> dog birthday episode. <laughs> Oh, shit. September 5th, I see some foreshadowing. (laughs) Blah, 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 blossom. Sketch comedy, blah, blah, blah. Worried about Hurricane Irma ruining Disney plans. (laughs) Huh. How did Irma turn out? Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) Second Disney attempt with your mother. Uh, All right. September 6th, had to cancel Disney. (laughs) That's good foreshadowing. Uh... Yep. So we decided to bring my mom to New York, my sister and I. Um, I was bummed to not do Disneyland because my sister had this deal with her employer at the time. She had like a crazy resort suite and free hopper passes. All we had to do was get the flights. And that was a one-time deal. We never got to redo it. Um, So that was a big bummer. And like we had, you know, wound my mom up for this. And I've told you how hard it is to get her out of the damn house. So we're like, all right, well, we got to do something. So we just uh, had her come to New York and we, you know, had a fun, had a fun weekend. Oh, that, that is tough. I'm really sorry. Um, well, this is not a great day, but I'm going to read it. Had to cancel Disney. Having a hard day. Hannah and Max came into Blossom. It was rainy and I almost cried lots of times. Canceled my date with Bobby. Sad about a lot of things. Life not going great. Feeling lonely and unsuccessful. Well, That's right. a depressy day. I'm sorry. You're a depressy fish for sure. Got nothing to add to it. It was depressy fish. Yeah. That's I, I wrote down everything everything I felt. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Well, on the seventh, you said trying to plan fun NYC stuff for mom. Here we are. Bummed about Disney, but we will have fun. Spending so much money though. Blossom from two to ten. Nope. Cut that. <laughs> uh, pr- <laughs> pretty easy. Feeling way more normal slash happy today. Made kick. Oh. <laughs> Made Kick's card and went to bed. His birthday's coming up. 
uh, September 8th. It's Kick's birthday morning tradition. Pitched in for PS4. Oh, my God. Good gift. Yeah. Got mom from Penn Station. Oh, shit. So this was all like you canceled it and it was happening like right away. Okay. Well, we canceled we, it because of a hurricane. Everything. Yeah. So yeah. We, only, we only knew in the moment. Fair enough. Um, so you got mom from Penn Station. Thought I lost my headphones and started to get sad about having a visitor. Took mom to Blossom. Great experience. Saw 2 at 84th. You went to see Saw with your mom? I thought it was It. Did I write Saw? Oh, it's it, but the I and the T run together, so it's like no, Roman numeral two. <laughs> Looks like saw saw two would also make sense because my mom loves that shit, and I was like, huh, oh, well, I don't it. Yeah, I saw <laughs> it with my mom, which I thought was so good. I still haven't seen the second one; it's on my list for HBO. Anyway, what happened at the theater after I saw it, Cam? <laughs> Uh, well i'm about to show you <laughs> tell you god i can't believe this happened again so the movie was great then you saw b and hid his boyfriend saw me don't know if he did e <laughs> with your mama yeah remember how cool calm and collected i was when i ran into b slash baby carrot uh-huh. on the subway uh-huh it was not the case this time i'm with my mom i saw them on our way out of the theater and i like quickly tucked around a wall my mom was like, I got to use the bathroom. I didn't say anything. I was like, okay, go, 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 go. <laughs> and when she came out of the bathroom, I grabbed her arm. I pulled her to the wall with me. I had eyes on them and I watched them exit the movie theater. I then exit the movie theater with my mom. They must have like turned around or done a lap or something because I'm on the sidewalk. My mom and I stopped for something and they walk past me, but like from behind. And at that moment, I made direct eye contact with the boyfriend, with, not with not with him, though. I'm like, I don't know if he saw me. Did the boyfriend know you? No, absolutely not. The boyfriend, I, there is no reason why this boyfriend would know me. Um, so I wasn't worried about that, but it just was like very, very close. Yeah. Oh, that's that's less than great. I'm sorry. Twice in like a couple months. And with my mom around, too, I'm like trying to toss her around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Tara? She's supposed to be running interference. Um, all right, September 9th, still a little bummed about Disney, but having fun. Tara came, oh, here we go. Tara came over to 3D, late as usual, with bagels. Is that your apartment? Yeah, she's going to hate that, late as usual. Her and FF fight. She's like, I was late one time. I was like, you were late one time a week for three years. <laughs> you said went to Clipper Cruise in Bath Park. What the fuck does that mean? Battery Park. Battery. Oh, bat, period, park. Got it. You can do little boat rides. Oh, cute. Okay. Um, you ate amazing ramen at Apudo, oh. got Van Leeuwen's ice cream in the village. Those are two of my favorite things. And then you went to go see Hello Dolly with your mama. Oh, yeah. September 10th, took mom to drag brunch. Felt bad making a run, but had to get there. Felt so uncomfortable and sad at first, but it got better when I started drinking. Oh, because it was like, it was a, it was in like a warehouse. It was like a very big drag brunch with a you know, a stage set up for the day and it was daylights and drag queens. And I was like, and I was with my mom, my sister and my other sister, Amy. And I was like this, I feel, I felt like tokenized almost. And I felt like this was a terrible way to show gay New York. It just like, I felt Uh bad about the whole thing. I was like, God, this feels, I don't, it just felt so uncomfortable. It then got good. We drank a little bit. The drag queen started performing. It was really fun. Uh Also at the end of this, there's a picture with my mom and I, and she is, clutching the drag queen for dear life hugging her she had the best time loved it that's so fun the the thing about drag brunch is it always feels like it's gonna be awkward it's like daylight drag makeup is not meant to see the day light of day but 
drag queens that are good at drag brunch are really good. They like warm up the party. They get shit going. They get people drinking and get people having a good time. And it's amazing how fun drag brunch can be. But when you first arrive, a little bleary eyed, you're like, I'm not ready for loud music and fucking drag queens right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's totally what it felt like. And some drag queens are really bad at drag brunch because they are not good at getting a daytime party started. It really has to be a specific kind of vibe. Um, well, you did write, Mom hugged a drag queen. <laughs> Then you visited Chelsea Market, back to my apartment. Um, then mom left with Chris. Sad to see her go, but happy she came. Isn't that sweet? Also, I just want to beat you to the punch and tell you that your birthday will be coming up in just three days. It's that was 9th. September 10th. Oh, the 10th. Okay, two days. <laughs> Thanks. Um, all right, well, the next day is September 11th. Um, you said you went to work to help a little bit. For a couple of hours, you spent a few hours recording a submission for the last five years. You were happy with it, then showed it to Hannah, and she was nice, but I could tell she hated it. There's two kinds of honesty. <laughs> there's there's uh, physical reaction honesty and honesty from, from the words out of your mouth. <laughs> Did Was she repulsed? No, no, no. She, um, she was like, oh, it's good. And I was like, okay, thank you for all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of statement a best friend can make and that's all they have to say yeah uh september 12th <coughs> audition for tokyo happy, disney happy happy we have no time for this okay well no period what happened thank you so much uh <laughs> birthday to you there you go well, good thing that's not the tune of any Disney song because you can't seem to grasp Disney music. Um, you said you probably won't get it. Uh, September 13th. Um, seems like things suck at Blossom per usual. Uh, you got cut from that Disney callback and it hurt your confidence. And uh, it seems like the worst part of this day was that you missed the Broad City season premiere and you wrote a little sad face about it. Oh, that is heartbreaking. <laughs> but you watched it the next day. And 10 more times after that, at least. Um, September 14th, you managed Blossom and you're feeling definitely in a better mood. Talked to two other people and me about moving to LA. Lots to think about. Not done with NYC, but feeling a change is necessary. Hey. Oh, took me a second to process. I never did move to LA, but I, you know, pretty close. Yeah. Um, On the 15th of September, got high and got bagels. You met Mick and Cake (laughs) and... And Christian's family, were they in in town? Yeah. They okay. visited us once in New York. Great. Then you went to an escape room and it was fun. You got out in 38 minutes. Good job. It's our second um, escape room in, I think, two months. <laughs> you met up with Sam and Aaron. You went to a barcade, discussed moving to LA, smoked again, and watched TV. September 16th, you worked out. Congratulations. You financial journaled the shit out of this. Goodbye. September <laughs> 17th, you canceled a audition because the script was too awful when did these standards happen hello dogs to pay um well dogs to pay didn't provide me with a script ever i never received music <laughs> for that <laughs> to their credit uh so well done dogs to pay and i think uh-huh. this is this like uh, written by uh, a middle school class as a group project kind of bad <laughs> all right fair enough um, there's a lot of improv talk or sketch comedy talk this day, but the other interesting part was that you said you watch Shameless, Fiona is in jail, and it's reminding you of Yafava. Someone else I know in jail. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone else you know in jail. September 18th, um, work, work, work. Uh, you still have LA on your mind. September 19th, oh, what does this mean? Arrested for jumping turnstile, scary. 
one of our employees without citizenship status uh, was arrested for jumping a turnstile in New York. And oh, shit. Meanwhile. Mick and kick. Two weeks ago, we're given just barely a, a, a ticket. A ticket that got, yeah. The difference. Yeah. Um, the difference is right. Shit, did he get deported or anything? No, he did not. Uh, but it was very scary. There's also, I mean, this guy, he's a really, like, honestly a sweet good-hearted man he stole a lot of money from blossom as well and i'm like man oh, he was pushing his luck like the u.s has no tolerance whatsoever for anyone without citizenship status so like i know and that was in trump's america where that shit was out to play yeah, so that was a we were like I, we were that, scared about tough. it yeah no kidding september 20th sketch and work september 21st work and sketch <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking about la but probably not uh P. Diddy came in after close, and we turned him away. Badass. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Aaron visited Blossom, ate P. Diddy's pre-ordered food. Please do tell. This is my favorite celebrity story, and I'm pretty sure it also helped me land my interview for the current job I'm in. Um, although it was a rewritten version of what happened to make myself look much better than, than what actually happened. Um, well, I mean, in the journal, you did call yourself a badass. So. I felt amazing about it, but I'm pretty sure I, like... You know, to get the job I'm in, I was like, I was very accommodating. I didn't say, and it ends with me kicking PDD out. Um, <laughs> so our restaurant closes at like 9.30 or something, um, whatever day this is. Somebody calls and asks if they can come in at like the very last minute, like the minute the kitchen closes. And we're like, no one's been here for an hour. We have to, we are losing money. Like we, no, mm-hmm. sorry. And they were like, how about if we order it now? And then it's just on the table and ready before. So when we walk in, we can just eat and we'll pay the bill and be out quickly. And we were like, okay, fine. So we did that. All the food comes up. This mystery guest doesn't show up for like another hour. Then all of a sudden a oh, huge shit. white stretch SUV. What are those called? Like a, a stretch SUV, like a, a stretch limo SUV. Yeah. Uh, pulls up. The driver comes out. He was like, the person I'm driving is, uh, he's a really important guy. We were like, okay, I, we, I don't care. There's really important people in here all the time. We're in the Upper West Side of New York. I'm sorry, we're closed. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I'll go let him know. And he leaves. And five minutes later, P. Diddy walks in, just the way you'd imagine him, all in white, black sunglasses. He was like, guys, do you mind? Um, we just, we just want to sit. I just want to sit somewhere and eat. I don't want to bring it out with me. And my coworker was like, no, get out. She didn't give two shits. <laughs> Um, she was a strong vegan activist and I think he had a history of not being, not being great to the animals. He is at a vegan restaurant now. And actually I'm pretty sure this was part of his like three months of being vegan one time. Um, (laughs) anyway, very many times been like photographed in like big fur coats, right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. And now in retrospect, I'm like, let P Diddy eat, let him stay. (laughs) But that's not what we did. Uh, eventually. Also like, would he have been happy with like cold food that had been sitting packaged up for an hour? Definitely not. And without like service. And, but I'm like, shouldn't I, whatever. Anyway, the kitchen was gone. There was nothing we could do about it at this point. So I guess I get it. But he was a class act. He did not fight long. He wasn't like argumentative at all. He just heard my coworker and was like, fine. He paid for the food, left a huge tip, and left. Uh, and then we ate the food, and I gave some of it to Aaron, apparently. <laughs> I love that you just left it there. He was like, I'm not taking this. I'm absolutely going to find someone to serve me at a table. That reminds me a little bit of this restaurant in Chicago called Au Cheval or Au Cheval. I never know how to say it. It's French. A-U. You say O or A. <laughs> you couldn't ask a worse. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's A. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, um, it's my favorite, like, really, it's beautiful, like, upscale burger joint. They do the most beautiful smash burger, but they also have a very full menu. Um, great, really moody place in the West Loop. Um, and they are always on a wait. It's a tiny restaurant. They do not take reservations. They, like, absolutely just, like, part of their whole vibe is, like, the fact that you're going to wait for a burger unless you eat at very strange times, which I got into the habit of doing, trying to go there. Um, but... Beyonce and Jay-Z were in town and uh, they were made to wait. They um, they had wow. someone come in and say, like famously say to their their host, like, hey, you know, I've got Beyonce and Jay-Z. They really want to eat here. They've heard great things. They're like, great. That'll be a three hour wait. They're <sighs> like, uh, but it's Beyonce and Jay-Z. And they're like, yeah, it'll be a three hour wait that everyone else here has been waiting to. And so they sat in their car. They had an assistant sit inside and wait for their name to be called. And then they <laughs> got to eat at the restaurant after wow. they waited like everyone else. I, know. I can't believe they waited, but it's only these kind of places that feel entitled enough to, you know, throw their power around a little bit when celebrities like that come in. But man, on right. the outside it- now, I'm like, that's ballsy. Serve Jay-Z, serve Beyonce, serve P. Diddy. I know. Also, like... <laughs> It's only going to do more for you. I mean, they played that well because now that's part of their reputation. Like, not even Beyonce can get a a reservation there. But, like, that would also – the other way would probably play very well for your reputation if, like, you just let them be seen there. Like, it's not going to hurt. You know, if people are like, I got to eat – in the same restaurant as, as as Beyonce. I don't care if she cut in line. You know, it doesn't fucking matter. But if you want it, you're still going to have to wait three hours. <laughs> oh, man. I, I got it. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, that is probably enough journal for this week. Um, We, ca- we can't keep going after a P. Diddy story, eh? After a P. Diddy story, eh? <laughs> 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 Certainly not. Um, I don't know why that tickled me. I just don't the whole do I say that, that in an accent. After a P. Diddy story, eh? It just was like a nice lineup of syllables. Um, <laughs> for sure. That is that is where we need to stop, I think. All right. Well, um, before we go, who did we hear from this week? First, I wanted to share a sweet message from Xander on Instagram. He just said, just finished this week's podcast and so refreshing to hear your views on Gabies. I've been with my husband for 13 years, married five, and we're constantly getting bombarded by the questions of when we are looking to adopt slash have kids, mainly my straight single girlfriends wanting to rent out womb space. That's crazy. They want to rent their womb space. <laughs> but it's very expensive. That's sweet. Uh, yeah, that's a little aggressive. <laughs> Please, my womb is empty. Anyway, he goes on. And we're sick of having to explain the whole happy with our dog baby photo attached. It is a very cute photo. The dog's in a rain jacket. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he says, and we enjoy the freedom of travel and not being tied down by a financial black hole. Uh, Love the podcast. (laughs) Keep up the hilarious hard work. Uh, Thanks, Xander. And, uh, you know, glad the the baby conversation struck a chord with you. I cannot relate, but surely Cam and Peter can. (laughs) That's very sweet. Love to hear it. Love the dog babies. Always, always send dog pictures. And now a very special message that I got out of the blue Mm. from my friend Claire, who we've mentioned many times in this journal, my former roommate. Oh, my God. Roommate Claire. She's tall. She's British. She's an intimacy coordinator. All of those things. She said, I'm currently standing next to Christine Baranski at Terrence McNally's memorial. It's a death Ah! of... (laughs) Sorry, I screamed. It's a death event, so I'm going to ask what snacks she has in her purse. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, death event. Second of all, oh my God, as this podcast is coming to a close, Christine Baranski is going to funerals again. It's like perfect bookends. She texted me again and said, we just had a conversation about winter coats. And I said, well, they do have bigger pockets for snacks. And she laughed and agreed and said, someone said snacks. Let me at them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that she asked her a leading question. Oh my God. Leading the witness, your honor. She's like, "Mm, those desserts look great. Wish I had some Tupperware. (laughs) 
Oh, that's amazing. Love that so much. What a good friend. Also, um, so crazy that you and your roommate, former roommate, have now been at funerals with Christine Baranski. <laughs> and on that, we are done with this episode. Cam, where on earth might people be directed to, you know, converse with us, to send a message, to read our bios from 2019? What a strange way to ask that question. Hey, people, check us out on Instagram at MBFJ Podcast. Send us an email at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com or check out our website at mybestfriendsjournal.com. Also, while you're at it, make sure to go over to iTunes and uh, leave us a little, little rating, a little review, a little love for our legacy. Thank you so much. Love for our legacy. I love the way you put it. Love our legacy. Leave us good reviews. We're not going to be here to beg you anymore. Please. <laughs> Is that desperate enough? Yeah, desperate. And on that desperate note, that's enough for this week. So until next time, always remember... Christine Baranski is still out there stealing desserts from funerals. Hide your snacks, hide your wife. Christine Baranski is coming to your funeral. single guy who works too hard to sell a joke and left to smoke with a best friend who knows about his flashlight his asshole ain't tight uh, it was a different rhyme scheme but you know i'll go with it that's fine mm.